Hello, this is Rachel Johnson, and you are listening to Purity Talks, where we discuss relevant purity issues for today's Christian teenager. And today I am super excited to welcome Tony from Carthage, Missouri, and she's going to tell us a real life story of what God is doing in her life. Welcome, Tony. Good morning. <laughs> so, what is your last name? Uh, my name is uh, Tony Simmons Crum. Okay. I don't think I knew your whole full name. <laughs> I have five names. You have five names. <laughs> I do. That's a lot of names. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are so excited today to hear your testimony, to hear what God is doing in your life, and really to celebrate, right? Right. Salvation and the change that God can make in a life. That's what I see when I see your life. I'm just excited to see what God can do. It's amazing. Yeah. So start from the beginning. Tell us where you were born and kind of your home life growing up and kind of those things that molded you and shaped you to be, be who you are today. Well, I was born in Joplin, Missouri. Um, when I was four and a half, um, my grandparents came to get me because my mom's boyfriend was a uh, very abusive to her and would they fight all the time so um my grandparents came and got me and uh my dad was never in my life okay so growing up I lived with my grandparents from four and a half to 16 years old okay. and uh when I was 16 I thought I was grown up so I moved out and I was on my own for a little while that's when I uh, originally got into uh drugs okay at drinking. 16 Okay. So where were you living at that time? Um, I was just couch surfing. I moved from friend's house to friend's house and Okay. Yeah, just doing it that way. Did your grandparents want you to come back to live with them? Um uh, I think they did, but you know, I thought I was grown up, so I would never listen to them. Okay. So did you go to school? I dropped out of school okay. when I was eighteen. Okay, so for, from 16 to 18, you did go to school while you were, like, yeah. surfing. I went to school sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Not all the time. Okay, so then you dropped out of school, mm -hmm. and by then we're already doing drugs. Yep, I was heavy into it for about three years at that point. Okay, all right. And, like, here's a question from someone like me who's, like, so naive. Maybe you shouldn't even tell the kids this, but how do you even, like, get drugs? Is that, like, from friends? Uh, yeah, you can find it from your friends, from random people you run into. Wow. Um, when you're hanging out with those kind of people, it's it's easy to find okay. the, the dealers that okay. have them. That comes all from friendship. Then. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then how do you pay for that? Um, there's different ways you can pay for it. Uh, you can sell your personal items, uh, trade like phones, or if you have certain things that they want, you can just trade it for what they have. And sometimes you could trade your body for it. Wow. Yeah. That's it's amazing. <laughs> so pretty much anything. It just becomes a trap. Like oh, once yeah. you're addicted. Oh, you, you, could sell, you, you could sell your soul to it. Wow. It's awful. So by 18, you're supposed to be a senior. Mm -hmm. Then you drop out of school. I dropped out two months before graduation. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, looking back on it now, it's embarrassing to say, but I did. So have you ever gone back and like got your GED or yeah. equivalency or anything like that? Yeah, I did. Okay. I heard somebody say that the GED is harder than like just graduating. It school. is. It definitely is. You have to take classes for it and go through like pretests. And if you don't pass the pretest, you have to, I guess, work through like weeks of class. Okay. So you can go back and retake the pretest to get to the actual test. Okay. So, so you pass a GED. Yes. So that's good. <laughs> but this is all while like 
doing drugs and stuff. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, there was days, weeks that I wouldn't sleep. I'd just be up. I don't know how my body could handle that, but I was up for weeks at a time. Just because the drugs, drugs. do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I wouldn't eat, wouldn't sleep. It was like rarely that I would drink water or my body was running on nothing. Wow. Yeah. So how do we get to this point? Like your mom was there for the first four years, right? Uh, my mom's been, I guess, in and out of my life since okay. I was born. Um, but she too she, was on drugs, right? Uh, yeah, she was uh, addicted to marijuana and that caused her to get into other drugs. She was also a stripper. So okay, she was out. All hours of the night, she didn't have time to, you know, take care of us. So there were other siblings. Uh, I have an older sister and two and twin brothers. Okay, so. there's other siblings, but nobody's really taking care of you. My older sister took care of all of us. Okay, wow. Yeah. So mom's not really there, and where is your dad in this? Oh, uh, my dad's been in and out of my life since I was born. Um, I've seen him maybe a total of one whole year. Out of all, all the, of your life. Yeah, 25 years of life. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, when you look at this, you're saying mom's in and out of your life, dad's in and out of your life. You, you really have no stability. No. My grandparents, that's pretty much it. But I guess since my parents were in and out all the time, I didn't think they cared, which mm-hmm. I didn't see my grandparents as caring. You know, I thought they were just strict and, like, they just wanted to tell me what to do. And not having that authority... When I was younger, it's like I wasn't listening to them. You didn't understand that was love. Yeah. That was setting healthy boundaries for you. Okay. And then in this whole picture, too, where is God? Did you go to church? Did you not go to church? Um, I went to church on Wednesday nights. I would go to missionettes or youth groups. Um, But I wouldn't say that I really believed. Okay. You just went because maybe did someone invite you or your family was taking you? or My older sister. She uh, was in church. Okay, so your older sister was in church, and then she would invite you to come along. Yeah, and, you know, I would go. It was fun, and I would listen, but I didn't understand. Okay, so at that point, there's no real relationship with God then? No. Okay, so we go to church a little bit, don't know what's going on. Right. Okay, wow. So, yeah, I definitely, like, I understand people's lives now. Like, hearing a lot of these stories, you're like, this, the instability of not having a home can really ruin a person's life or cause at least a season right of ruin <laughs> you know because you don't realize how important that is to have that foundation of at least a parent or two in the home taking care of you and showing you love and showing you that they care for you it's yeah it definitely is hard I'm not having your parents together makes I don't know I guess it makes you feel unloved wow okay so were your parents ever married no Okay, so your parents never married, so it wasn't like they got divorced and that made you feel unloved. No. It was just they weren't there and you felt unloved. Yeah, I think my parents were just more of a on and off again kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I was an accident. Okay. (laughs) To them, Yeah, not to God. Yeah, Yeah, so I want people that are listening to this to like think about the decisions that they're making and that they, the decisions that they make don't just affect them. It affects their children. And it affects your whole family. Yeah. I could, I could see, like, my parents' decision affects my grandparents' life because they had no choice. They had to take care of me. 
And did your grandparents take in all the kids then? No, just me. Just you. Okay, yeah. where'd the other ones go? They went to their dads. They went to, so they had a different dad? Yeah. So they could go to their dads? Yeah. Okay, I see. So then your grandparents, yeah, now they're having to play into this mess because they're like, we're not going to let her go on the streets. Right. Or, or going to, what would the other choice be, like foster care or something? Yeah, okay. I would have got put into other homes. Okay. All right. So your grandparents were watching you, and then at 16, you're like, I'm out of here. I don't like your rules. I don't like your form of love. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it had to do with boys coming into the picture. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I'm at in about love. 16. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go and I'm going to move in with this guy. And I'm, okay. You know, I'm with him. I love him. So. Okay. So now he's feeling, filling the place of a father in your life. Pretty much. You know, telling you that you're beautiful and I love you and you're valued. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now the guys come into play and now the drugs come into play. And then was there alcohol involved in that too? Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. Drugs and alcohol kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think (laughs) you'll have one without the other. Okay. All right. So my other question is like, where are these other kids like parents? Like are their parents not involved as well? Um, Their parents are involved, are with doing it with them. Doing it with them. Oh my goodness. It's crazy to think, but I've actually met a quite a few that their parents were the ones who introduced it to them drugs and alcohol yeah wow and they just let their like watch their kids do this and it's just like tearing their bodies apart and you know it's leading them down this road to like killing them yeah and they just don't care they're like what is wrong with this world yeah (laughs) i would never have imagined that uh me neither (laughs) besides living it now it's like you actually see what people care about. Yeah. It's crazy to think of that. They just basically care about what? Themselves? Yeah. Themselves or I guess doing the drugs or drinking just kind of mask pain, you know, what you're feeling, mm-hmm. what you see. You think everything's okay, but in the reality it's not. Yeah. It's like your world is falling apart and you can't grip the concept of that. Yeah. So you just cover up with drinking and then drugs and then you know it turns into more and more and more mm-hmm. and you never can get the grip of what you're doing to yourself and then oh. you're like oh why is my my life falling apart well you're you're the reason it's happening yeah wow that's just so amazing <laughs> it's so different from the world that I live in you know what I mean but right. it's like that's why we're telling this story because other kids that are listening to this you know I hope they never have to go through that yeah, absolutely. So we go from 16 to 18, you're couch hopping or drinking or doing drugs or sleeping with guys because we think that we love them. Yep. Um, then what happens? So, so you kind of somewhat get done with school. I mean, obviously didn't finish school. And um, from 18 to 25, what happens? Is this more of the, the same? Um, there was like three years that I was off the drugs but I was still drinking I was okay. still going to bars but I had my own place I had a job okay um so how do you get a job like because you had the GED um I actually just because I knew how to waitress okay so right. that's what I was doing for three years okay and so you could get a job yeah okay all right and I got a little place of my own and I was doing good I thought I was doing good okay. but I still <laughs> had the drinking in there and um that type that took me back to wanting to do drugs because I was like, okay, this is not enough. This, oh, wow. I need something else. I want to fill that void again. Okay. So I turned back to doing drugs, and um, that led, led me to moving away 
because my family was like, oh, we don't want to see you do this. Okay. They were going to have an intervention for me. And I was like, no, I'm not having it. I'm leaving. So I packed up all my stuff and moved to Kansas City. Okay. Which I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. But I met this guy. And he took me in. And from there, I started uh, doing drugs even more. I started running drugs for him. Oh, wow. So it's like I got even deeper into it. Yeah. Because that becomes like more of a legal side of things, right? Or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you're moving pounds at a time. I didn't think of if I get caught, I'm going to prison. I'm going to prison for a long time. Okay. I was just thinking, oh, nobody's going to catch me. Like, I didn't even have a license. I shouldn't have been driving at all. Wow. So from there... So how do you just like randomly meet someone like that? Again, you're probably in places that I would never go. Like you were in a bar <laughs> or. Um, just from, there was a girl that lived in Kansas City. Okay. And she was filling my head like, oh, this is awesome. You know, it's the best I've ever felt about myself. I don't do this. I don't feel this way. You know, okay. I have, I have all this money and. Right. It's all about the money, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm the, like, cause the drugs has the money. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what, uh, and you don't realize that, but they do. Mm-hmm. But when I was over there, I was like, it's, you don't have money because when you, when you take something from someone, you, you owe them. Okay. So at the end of the day, I didn't have any money cause I owed somebody all that money. Okay. So I was just stuck in the same spot. So now you're, you're stuck. Okay. Got that. Even though I have a roof over my head, that's not my house. At any time, I could get kicked out. Okay. And I'm on the streets. Yeah. So it's like I had to do other things to get money. Okay. For myself. Okay. So now we're doing the drugs. Or not, I mean, doing it as far as like, were you doing drugs too? Um, I had hmm. been. I'd slowed down because I didn't have the funds to do okay them. okay but you're helping now distribute them or something yeah <laughs> okay all right and then so what was a changing point in all of that then or the because obviously you're not there anymore so how do we get from kansas city to <laughs> where we are now <laughs> um i spent fourth of july by myself which is always a big family thing for okay. me mm-hmm. and um it hurt just seeing all the posts on Facebook and my friends like enjoying their time with their family and I'm stuck in somebody's house that I don't really even know. Right. And so I had gotten a message from my, he was my ex at the time Mm -hmm. saying that he hoped I was doing okay. And that just made me call him, which he was in the teen challenge, Mm -hmm. you know, and he had been praying for me and praying for me. And that talking to him just, I guess, opened up my eyes to like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? Mm-hmm. So I had called my older sister. Okay. And she drove two hours to wow, come get and me. She came and got you. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And told me I could live with her. And they got me into the Teen Challenge program. Okay. But before I left for Teen Challenge, I was at VBS mm-hmm. and uh, was watching. I think it was a story about Peter. He chops off the ear. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I want to get baptized. It just, something came over me. I was like, I don't want to live this life anymore. You know, yeah. I want to be pure and I want to start my life over. 
That's I don't cool. want to think about the past. Even as a helper at Vacation Bible School, yeah. God was working on you. Yeah. And <laughs> it's all awesome. the kids and like thinking about when I was younger, I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher and I wanted to help out, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to reach my goals if I'm stuck in the past. Right. Yeah. So that Sunday I got baptized. Yeah. And I was completely changed. That's and you think awesome. before I was like, oh, whatever, that's not true. Like, you can't be born a new person. But when I was lifted up out of the water, I was a new person. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yay. Like, gives me chills just thinking right? about it. Yeah, it does, because it was God. God yeah. totally radically changed your life. It's true. Okay, so tell us now, since that moment that you got baptized, how your life has been changed. That's so awesome. Um. Well... I'm in church all the time now. I feel God he actually talks to me. Mm-hmm. He, he does. He places things in my life that I'm thinking about. I'm like, oh, I want this so bad. Like, I, I, this could never happen to me, though, you know? And all of a sudden, it's like, bam, here it is. It's right in front of you. And I'm like, I've been praying for this. Yeah. I've, been, I've been praying that I, you know, get turned into a new person. Yeah. Bam, I'm turned into a new person. Mm-hmm. I've been praying that you know, I can go back and be with the person that, you know, was originally, I guess, the start of God telling me like, hey, I want you to come back. Yeah. It's like him praying for me opened up my eyes to see like I'm doing wrong and now I'm doing right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's just it's a feel, it's an undescribable feeling. Right. Because the Bible does say in Christ, we are new creations. Yeah. Like you are a new person. Like and how God does it. that, <laughs> you know, we don't understand that. But it's an amazing verse in the Bible that says we're new creations in Christ. And, and, and you can tell that from your life, right? Oh, definitely. I've heard people say like when they accepted Christ that the grass looked greener and the trees looked brighter and the world looked, you know, the sun was brighter. And I think that's what you would attest to saying oh, that yeah. hey, everything is different. It's like, you don't even want to hear any negative. You're just like, Hey, cut that out. Yeah. We're going to live positively. Cause I know when I went to the teen challenge program, I heard all these girls, like every day they would gossip or they would talk bad about somebody or they'd be negative, And I'm just like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I'm just going to close you inside my Bible because you guys are just being negative and gossiping about each other when we should be bringing each other up. Yeah. We should be helping each other, mm-hmm. making each other feel like the women that we are. Yeah, that's good. And I guess it's a lot of what you are telling yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there in that negative mindset, in that set of, oh, when I get out of here, I'm going to be the person I was before. Instead of, I'm going to be this new person. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people want to cover up. Is like, oh, I I guess they you'd put it as they want to put God on the back burner. Or they want to be like a side chick savior. Okay. It's like, oh, I want, I don't want to have a commitment, but I want it, the benefits okay. of it. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that. Yeah. So for you, you're like, I'm all in. Yeah. 100% in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have... Like, is there any desire, like, for the drugs and the alcohol? and Not at all. Not at all. That's so cool. It's an amazing feeling because before I was like, man, I need it. I need it. I need it. And I don't know how, but it's like. God just takes it yeah. away. 
I don't need it anymore. When when I feel any kind of negative, I'll go and read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Or even on my phone, there's the you version. Right, yeah. Every day, it's like how I'm feeling. Whenever I get my verse of the day, it turns around that feeling because it's spot on to yeah. what I'm feeling that day. Mm-hmm. It's that to me is just like, wow. That's good. How, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. And then now, not only the change in your life, but now you're able to help other people. Yeah. Right? Like through this podcast, and there's going to be other teenagers that are listening to it. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, obviously you're not a teenager, but, uh, you know, there will be adults listening to this. There will be teenagers listening to this, young adults listening to this. And hopefully we're encouraging them, hey, you know, if maybe they're on the edge of trying God or they haven't, like, completely surrendered, just do it. It's awesome. It's the most amazing change in your it entire is. life. And we've just heard, you know, I just wanted to segue here. Like we've heard so many people in our church tell us this in the last couple months. There are just so many people. I know um, I talked to another girl yesterday, and then they we're going to do a couple more podcasts. Just all these people are like, God, what are you doing? All of a sudden, all these people are coming in. And, and I heard this week alone, I've heard like two people say, I've never felt love like this it's in my life. It, it's true. One, like, now you're the third in one week. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how you can feel God's love through other people. And when you get him in your life, the compassion and the love that you feel for somebody that's, you know, walking down the street and you're like, I don't even know this person, but like, I love, I love them, them already. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. I just want to go talk to them. And mm-hmm. yeah, the love of God doing. is working in your life. Yeah. That is so it's cool. It's an amazing feeling mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I'm glad I decided to go come back and fix myself for the better. Yeah. Yeah, and allow God to work through you. As long as he keeps working through you, he keeps all that junk out and the fresh flowing spirit. Yeah. You know, the Bible says the spirit's like water. You know, he washes away mm-hmm. all that junk in your life that you obviously saw happened when you went down the water and came back up. Oh, yeah. And then um, what are your plans for, like, when things get rough? You know, have you thought about that? Like, okay, what, what I'm, the Bible guarantees us all temptation, and it guarantees us all troubles and traumas. So what's the difference this time for your response I just know that God's my strength. If if I just turn to him and, you know, give him everything I have, like trust in him that he's going to take away that temptation. He's going to fix the problems in my life. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I know and I believe truly that he will take anything that I'm feeling and turn it around mm-hmm. for the better. Yeah, just making him... Like the rock, like he's yeah. the rock. I'm standing on him. And even though it seems like, okay, there's this ocean that's splashing all around me, right? the waves are going crazy. Like, nope, I'm just standing on the rock and he's going to take care of me. Because unfortunately, you know, the Bible says all of us will have trouble. Oh yeah. But then Jesus says, so take, <laughs> take heart. I've overcome the world. Right. And that's why it's so exciting to see, you know, what God's doing in your life and to see a fresh young Christian that, you know, is blossoming and blooming and becoming what God wants them to be. You know, it's just that it's just so exciting. But I know that down the road troubles and things are going to come, but it's okay. You know, all I can say is through every storm of my life, God's been there. Yeah. You know, and I've made it through, you know, there might be scars and there might be battle wounds, but man, I'm still standing with Jesus, you know, and you have to think of it as the, I always think of it with the end in mind, right? Like I'm going to be there when I die, I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. That's the thing that matters the most, right? There's no storm big, bigger than God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as you have him by your side and you completely trust him, you're going to get through that storm Mm -hmm. and you're going to be bigger than ever. 
Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I'm really, really proud of you, Tony. Thank and you. And proud of you for surrendering to Christ, right? As we surrender to him, then he does the rest of the work. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the surrender part that's sometimes hard for people to take that first step and say, okay, I'm going to give him everything. I'm going to trust him. Okay. Everybody has fears. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more of their, I guess, in their own mind about it. They're like, how can this, how? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to get rid of those hows and just completely trust it. If you don't, you're going to be stuck in that way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as soon as I completely surrendered myself, I didn't have any worries. I didn't have any, well, what if, or, oh, that, uh, why, or, you know, it was just more of, this is how it's going to be. And I already know it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust God. Yeah with the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. All that. So good. I'm excited to see what, what lies ahead for you. And are you, um, do you have any plans at this point for school? Are you talking about being a teacher or? Um, Yeah, I definitely, I'm going to get into school for being a kindergarten teacher. Good. And I, um, hope to start one day, start a rec center for kids to keep them off the streets and keep them out of drug and alcohol and tell them, you know, there is a place that you guys can go and feel loved Mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't have to be in that situation that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm just really excited because it's exciting to see what God can do with lives, right? When you, oh, yeah. when you've been through that, where you can tell people, Hey, I've been there. I understand what it's not, what it's like to not feel love. I understand the pain. I understand that. But I want you to know Jesus is the answer. Yes. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he can meet you right where you're at. That's true. And then for you to help other kids, then hopefully not even get to that point that you got to in your life. Yeah. Right. They can realize, okay, God is here. He's loving me. He's going to help me, even though I'm right in the middle of maybe a one parent family or being raised by grandparents or whatever, or even like your brothers that are foster brothers, you know, that Mm -hmm. letting them know, Hey, because those are your brothers, right? Where you live. Um, Those are my nephews. Nephews. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your nephews know, Hey, you know, you might be in a rough, coming out of rough, rough situation, but look, God put you in a Christian home, a home where you can learn about God and And learn about Jesus. And there's so much love. Mm-hmm. And never have to experience that lack of love that, you know, that you felt growing yeah. up in the rejection and, and they'll probably have to deal with rejection in different ways because they feel like, well, my parents abandoned me, but hopefully, you know, you can be there to be their strength and to say, guys, you know, we're not even going to mentally go there. Right. You know, like you guys are thinking about negatives instead of the actual Look at positive. this home that like, you live in. <laughs> exactly. You are so loved more than you even know. Mm-hmm. And just because, you know, you feel like your parents didn't want you, that's because God wanted to show you these parents that could give you more love than you could ever know. That could. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, we're excited, Tony, about what God is going, is doing in your life and is going to do in your life. And just know that me personally and the church is here to cheer you on and run beside you. And I'm excited. Hopefully we can have you on again. You can tell us about the amazing thing that, you know, the things that you're doing and that God has opened up those doors and I look forward to it. Good, good. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. And thank you, Tony, once again for being here today. Well, thank you. So God bless you.